Hi, book friends. This is Sierra, and this week I picked The Cloisters for Rebecca. I picked The Cloisters because I thought it would be a good way to get Rebecca out of her comfort zone, and I want to see how she would like it. Girly, you need to get a grip. Kind of the whole time I was reading Anne, I was like, thank God I'm not like Anne. Yeah, I will say, I I think I come a little bit from Anne's point of view of like seeing the tarot as a little bit of a mystical entity. I can think of one time that I've really come like face to face with tarot readings and it was at a birthday party when I was eight or nine years old. Welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Miller, and with me today is Rebecca Sassman-Cat, a New Yorker thriving off of the New York diet, which consists of caffeine and nicotine. So before we start, I should warn you that we do spoil the endings of the book's review, so if you don't like that, then please go finish the book and come right back to this episode. But if you're just here for the fun-loving and sometimes heated conversation, then welcome. We are so glad you're here. So whether you want to read one, none, or all of the books we are reading this week, this month, this year, the choice is up to you. These reviews are not backed by any science or experience, just purely two opinionated amateur readers. You may hate books we love or love the books we hate. Everyone has different tastes, but we hope this podcast is fun to listen to, no matter how you like your books. You can tell us your opinions of these books on our Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. That's at R-W-R-E-A-D-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T on Instagram and TikTok. So without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. This week, we read The Cloisters by Katie Hayes. Welcome to another episode of Red Wine Reads. Jenna, thank you for having me as always. We get to talk about The Cloisters by Katie Hayes today. Um, This book was so lovingly picked out by uh, Sierra for us to read. Uh, She picked it because she thought Rebecca might enjoy the dark academia, the kind of, it takes her a little bit out of her comfort zone with doing a little bit of fantastical kind of novel. But it was an interesting pick. But after reading it, I'm like, I could see why. I am eager to talk about it. I am, because, yeah, we'll get into it. We have thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I have many thoughts, but actually, not all bad. Actually, hardly any bad. That's not true. <laughs> don't give away too much before we even start. <laughs> I don't know what you're drinking today, but today I'm drinking a Navy Hill tequila soda, squeeze a lime. Whoa, I just finished my coffee for the morning, because we are recording at 1245. And then I picked up a Costco Kirkland brand sparkling water. Yeah, I wasn't going to drink, and then... Understandable. Yeah, so we're, we're rocking and rolling. Awesome. Well, let's jump right in. The Cloisters by Katie Hayes. This book was published in 2022. It has received a 3.5 out of 5 on Goodreads. It's a dark academia novel, so meaning it takes place in kind of an academic, prestigious type atmosphere where there's people there's really smart people some in most dark academia novels kind of surround some type of murder some type of darkness and we have that here and this is actually Katie Hayes debut novel she hasn't written anything before this uh she is a art historian who lives in California works as an art history professor this book is based off of the cloisters which is a real thing that I, re- I did not realize which is sad on me but 
They have the Met Cloisters, uh, which is a museum in the Washington Heights neighborhood of Upper Manhattan, and it's in New York City. So if you're ever in New York, you can actually visit the cloisters. It's this beautiful, honestly, just like Katie Hayes describes it, this beautiful English kind of medieval looking garden thing. <laughs> this book was an instant New York Times bestseller. It was a read with Jenna pick. It was a, not me, Jenna, but the other Jenna. Um, it was a Barnes and Noble book club pick and it was a Sunday Times bestseller. So it really gained some good attention, which is why I think Sierra picked it for us as well. She ha- it, she hasn't read it, actually. She picked books that she hadn't read, but wanted to. Oh, good for her. So there we go. I'm, I don't know. The more I started reading about Katie Hayes, I was just like, huh. I mean, it makes sense for after you're reading the book. Like everything about her makes sense. She also has a dog named Queso. And I think that's the best. That's amazing. Well, let's get into our main characters, our summary. So we have Anne Stilwell. Uh, She is a budding expert in Renaissance, kind of Italian history and art, language. She's just a very smart cookie. She has moved from Washington State and to do an internship at the Met. But when she gets there, after moving her entire life across the country, she realizes the Met internship does not exist. They were like, oh, the guy who was supposed to be heading this up is now at somewhere different. And she's like, great. And as they're telling her this, uh, Patrick Rowland uh, heads in and he's like, hey, come work with me at the Cloisters, which we learn later was the doing of her friend Rachel, which is this kind of mysterious, really rich gal that everyone loves. Um, she's your classic cigarette smoking, non-eating New Yorker. New Yorker, yeah. So every New Yorker <laughs> who thrives on coffee and cigarettes, mm-hmm. nicotine, and that's it. <laughs> Vibes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Leo, who is the romantic interest of Anne. He's this gardener. He works with a lot of poisons, so he's kind of just this like weird, quirky, dark dude. <laughs> and then that's kind of it. I mean, you have Anne's friend who kind of makes an appearance at the end, but I feel like she's still kind of a side character. So that's pretty much it. I feel like I've started to read these summaries from Amazon, but they're really boring. So I like to just, let's just like kind of do our own plot. So we have Anne, she she arrives in New York City, like we said, doesn't get the internship, but ends up at the Cloisters. So she slowly starts to realize that Patrick and Rachel are kind of up to some shady shit, uh, which ends up being them just reading tarot cards and doing these tarot readings, which to me, I was like, oh, that was not as, like, scary as I thought it was going to be. Same. When she saw the wax on the table and I was like, ooh, like, what's going on? It's just reading tarot cards. <laughs> Anne kind of gets introduced to this world of really freaking rich people that have these massive estates, are helicoptering people to different places and they're plane hopping and all this stuff. So, like, very, very wealthy people. And then she ends up kind of seeing Leo and they kind of have this romantic thing. Rachel's like, be careful of Leo, um, which we realize at the end of the book that Rachel, Leo, and Patrick were all in this weird love triangle at one point. Mm. And then you kind of get going, and at one point, Anne is just playing with one of these ancient tarot cards that Patrick is convinced hold the key to like the first ever tarot card deck. This is what will tell you if your future. It has these magical abilities. It has this very intense, I hate to say it, but very intense magical vibes to it. It's like the OG tarot deck. And so she's like playing with one of the cards and realizes it has a false front. 
And so she peels that off and she's like, oh shit, this is the real deal. And then she's like, I think he has the entire deck, but like we have to like take off all the fr- false friends. But if she tells Patrick this, then they're afraid, her and Rachel are afraid that he's going to spill the beans and he's going to like take this as his finding. So they're like, mm, we're going to keep these cards close to our chest. And then they trip really hard on this little concoction that Leo makes out of these poisons to try to like get closer to the tarot cards to have an experience. And it ends up killing Patrick. But as we realize later, he was found with a lot more poison in his system than the other two. So they think that somebody killed him and somebody murdered him. And the first suspect is Leo because they find a bunch of artifacts in his room that he had stolen. And he admits to the stealing. And so they're like, oh, he definitely killed Patrick. But then Anne's starting to hear all this stuff about Rachel, about how her parents died in this freak sailing accident that she was on as well. And how she was just this freaky girl in college who may or may not have killed her roommate. (laughs) And so she's getting a little sketched out. And so she's like, oh, I think Rachel did it. I think she killed him. And then Rachel admits to the murder. And then Anne is revealed to have killed her own father in a hit and run. I can't even. And then Anne's like, it's okay. It was just in my fate. It was just in my destiny. And then she ends up sabotaging Rachel's sailing boat and Rachel then gets and so she dies. And then we end with Anne taking Rachel's name off of the research paper and gaining this entire worldly recognition. And she's rich and actually sells tarot cards to become very rich and is convinced that all this killing, all this murdering is just in her, it's just written in the stars. It's just her thing. And not one person goes, hold on. These, this Venn diagram of who killed who timeline is actually a circle. What's going on here? So how was that plot? Is that pretty? That was a good plot. That was good. Because honestly, it's kind of like a mid plot. Like the plot is not new. It's not groundbreaking, never been done before. So it's a pretty mid plot. But I think what Katie Hayes did with it was, it was fun. I would consider this book a fun read. It wasn't difficult. I got through it pretty easily, pretty quickly. It never got to a point where I was like tripped up or lost. Yeah, I would say it was a little harder for me to read in the fact that I feel like I got lost in the sauce when she would like describe things. Like she would describe things in like this immense detail of like everywhere, every room that she would step in, it would be like this massive, like, this is what we're seeing. And I just feel like every time I would get into the plot, I would be taken out because we're like describing the woods that that Anne is running through. There was a lot of paragraphs skipped and skimmed by me. I'm a huge paragraph skimmer. If I get like a couple sentences into a paragraph and I realize it's just all like contextual describing, I'll just beep, 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 beep until I see some dialogue. I'll make sure that I have all the context for said dialogue and then I move on from there. So yeah, there was a lot of like description paragraphs that I was skipping over because it's like I have I've never been to the cloisters, but I've seen enough 
photos and things because I live in this city. So the cloisters are always being advertised. Like I know what it looks like. I know what the exterior and interior looks like. I don't need to like sit through eight paragraphs of description on something I've physically seen with my own eyes. <laughs> so I was just like, skip. Yeah. And I think for someone like me, I've never been to the cloisters. I didn't really, I didn't know it existed in real life. And I love it at the beginning, but then it just kept happening. <laughs> like She kept like coming back into a hallway and then it was just like, and here's what the hallway looked like. And I was like, okay. It was very like fanfic-esque. Like someone went to this one cool place once and they were like, I need to write myself in this scenario right now. Yes. So I think, I think because of that, it took me a little longer than I wanted to, to have to read this. But like once you hit the like section where Patrick's dead, then I think it like picks up and then you're like really getting into it. I don't know. It was just like that part was a little slow, but I loved that this was kind of a unique take on the Dark Academia in the sense of like the tarot cards made it really unique. Like it wasn't something super fantastical or super magical. It was like something that's real enough and like it wasn't, I don't know. I, I feel like it was something that I don't know a lot about is the tarot cards. And so I think that was really interesting for me to kind of get lost in that world. And then also I think it's, I think like the fact that it had such a small group of characters. That is like my main critique. I think with most of like things I consume, like books, TV shows, I got into a heated argument with my boyfriend about an anime we just watched. And I think my main critique for like everything I consume is just like, you're doing too much. There's too many characters. I don't care. There's so many characters I don't care about in here. And that's one thing I did appreciate about the Cloisters was you have your four main characters and then you have like the occasional people here and there who like add to the story, but we don't get this insane background on them because I don't care. So I really appreciated that. Like the whole trope of where it's like, a girl, she's unsure. She comes across a girl who's so confident, but she has like a little, like, weird. She's like a little psychotic, like a, a splash of the psychosis <laughs> or <laughs> a little psycho. That's such like a common trope. And I do enjoy that, but I've seen it done better than Cloisters and Stargazer. I really liked Patrick, like the character Patrick. I really enjoyed that. I don't know why they killed him off, but I get it. But I really enjoyed this book, but when it started to get to where, like, the murders started happening, that's kind of where, like, you lost me. I'm not really big on, like, the cutesy murders. If you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you poisoned him and he died. I'm like, okay. And all of this happened in, like, you find out she killed her dad. Oh, my God. And she killed Rachel and Rachel killed her roommate. Oh, and Rachel killed her parents in the last, like, 30 pages. Like, you get a couple of, like, hints in there, and, like, page 56, you knew someone was going to get poisoned. They start talking about, like, poison and how it's grown in the cloisters, and you got to be careful. It'll kill people. And I'm like, wow, somebody's going to die from being poisoned. And what do you know, Patrick? Sorry, my guy. That's funny. I I love, like, a good old-fashioned, like, boom, 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 this person died, this person died, this person died. And you're just like, whoa. That's my type of thing. But... I thought the like world building of it was very good in terms of let's set the scene of like who these people are. They're a little weird, almost like so pompous and so high off of their own brains that you're just like, like I hate them. And you're like kind of rooting for Anne, but you're also like, you're kind of a little messed up and I don't know why I can't put my finger on it. And then like the ending happens and you're like, that's why, because you're actually psychotic. <laughs> mm hmm. 
I liked the character Anne. I liked how she was written, where she was just, like, desperate. I've ran into a lot of, like, tarot cards. I have some friends who are super into tarot, who are really into spirituality. I'm familiar with tarot and the history, the rituals behind it and things like that. So it wasn't, I would not consider tarot, like, a magical element. Like, this book tries to get you to think. So that connection where it was, like, mystic and spooky and... The cards, like, <laughs> like that's just not how my relationship with the world of tarot is. So it was kind of more of just like, girly, you need to get a grip. Kind of the whole time I was reading Anne, I was like, thank God I'm not like Anne. Yeah, I will say, I, I think I come a little bit from Anne's point of view of like seeing the tarot as a little bit of a mystical entity. I can think of one time that I've really come like face to face with tarot readings and it was at a birthday party when I was eight or nine years old and they just had like a tarot reader there with, you know, her crystal ball and the, the cards. So yeah, I could, I could see the like absolute, you know, naivety of the like having no idea what these are. And the only explanation is like, there's some sort of magic in it, which I thought was interesting though. Cause then you're kind of getting into that question of free will versus fate and what I did enjoy that what constitute as like taking these cards to heart and being like, well, my cards just say that I'm like destined for darkness and and that must mean I have to kill Rachel. <laughs> that was insane. That's kind of when I was just like, yikes, girl. I don't know. That's always been, an, especially in my philosophy classes, that's always been an interesting topic. What constitutes as free will and then what constitutes as fate? So I thought that question toward the end was like oh god what <laughs> yeah I did think that was interesting because of course I have like my own opinions on spiritualism like tarot and astrology and things like that it's something that I didn't think about until we started having a conversation coming from a viewpoint of someone who does view this like world as like a little like mystic so that's definitely fun like I kind of wish I had that mindset where I could get into it as like more of like a ooh, mystic thing, because I think, what was it? Donna Tartt, The Secret History. <laughs> I was like, yay, fun. Things that I can't, I haven't never experienced before. So like I, it was like something that I couldn't like wrap my head around. So it was like a little like mystic, a little spooky. So I kind of wish it was like that because that's how it was presented. But I didn't get that. So I was kind of disappointed, but I'm glad that it was there. Yeah, I will say it wasn't to that extent, I think for me. And that's also what I was hoping for. I was hoping for a little bit. That's why I was like, when I when they found the wax and the stuff, like I was really hoping that it would be they peel the face off of the card and then like something blows up. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just kind of like, oh, no, it's just a regular tarot reading. Even when they're tripping on tripping balls, I'm like, what is going to happen? Best scene. <laughs> just trips too hard. But I don't know. There were a lot of things that you just wish were taken a little bit further, pushed a little bit more. But I mean, this was her first novel. It makes sense that it's a little... That's what I'm saying. I got fanfic vibes. Like, I feel like, again, this was like a first draft. But at the same time, it's like that in-between between YA and full-on Stephen King level of writing. It's a very good transition from YA to full adult fi fiction. And... I think for what it is, I, th I thought it was good. Like I wasn't, 
not expecting to like it as much as I did. I talked about it to a few people who are both academics, my eldest sister and my friend, who are both huge academics. My sister's an art historian. She's She works at a library. She wants to work at the cloisters. That's like her dream job. And my friend, she's like a linguistics PhD person. And both of them were like, oh, you're going to hate it. And I was like, okay, that's disappointing. But then I was reading it. I was like, it's fun. I'm having a good time. I think it doesn't try too hard to be like super academic, academic, which I think frustrates the academics. I feel like any dark academic academia novel tries to compare itself to the secret history and nothing's gonna be the secret history you can't tana is the queen i'm sorry whether you like that book or you don't you will know that that's that is the aspiring goal yep that's the bar and it's a pretty high bar so i think like academics see that and they're like oh this is gonna be that and it's just trying to be fanfic it's just trying to be fun and light and easy And I appreciated that. Like, I appreciated that it wasn't trying to do too much. She's like, I'm just trying to write a good story. And she did. I thought it was great. Well, awesome. I feel like for as simple of a book as it is, it's probably going to be a pretty simple discussion. So I'm happy to hop into final ratings if you are. Yes. I gave this a 3.5 out of 5. So I kept with the good ratings ratings. I said it was a wild read and a really great addition to the dark academia genre. It was unique with the addition of the tarot cards, the small cast of characters, uh, the plot twist did catch me off guard. In it, more of like, I knew where it was going, but also I was like, how everything unfolded was the plot, like was the twist that caught me off guard. I will say that it was hard for me to get into it at a lot of parts because it was so focused on describing everything in such detail, which kind of led to like it muddying up the waters a little bit of like, we would be having a conversation and then all of a sudden we go into this really deep detail about like what the forest looked like from the window of this like room. (laughs) That was what made it a little bit more difficult for me to read, but I said overall I enjoyed it and have like no major qualms with this book. (laughs) And I would recommend it to anyone who's looking for a nice, easy, like, beach read. I agree. I rated mine a 3.5 because, same, it was just an easy read. It was a fun read. If you had an empty weekend or you were on vacation and you kind of wanted to set the mood or, like, you were visiting the city and you wanted to, like, amp up your trip to the cloisters, like, that could be fun. It didn't take me very long. I think it's only, what, 400 pages? Not even. 300 pages. So it was super quick. I thought the number of characters were really good. She didn't put too many characters in there. I thought they were pretty well fleshed out. If you like twists, murder mystery twists, you get three at the end of the book. So have fun with that because she really packs them in there. Not my vibe, but if you like a good twist. Uh, Yeah, I thought it was good. I really enjoyed it. I was not expecting to and it pleasantly surprised me. So 3.5. Thanks, Sierra. Yes, thank you. Let's get into our pairings. So we like to end our show with a segment called Pairings, where Rebecca and I will pick TV shows, movies, and other books that might pair well with today's book, as well as a cocktail slash drink slash whatever. All right, let's, let's go back and forth with each category. Tell me the drink that you have so expertly chosen for this book. <laughs> my pairing is liquid death which is a canned water which i thought was a pretty good pairing considered two of the five deaths take place 
<laughs> death by water. <laughs> so that's my pairing. That was really good. <laughs> Thank you. My drink was a canned red wine because I feel like you need red wine for this book, but I also feel like it's not, it's trying to portray something like fancy and rich and like, what is the word? Prestigious. And I feel like when you get a canned red wine, you're like, it's red wine, so it's technically fancy, but it's in a can. And so it's not really what you're wanting 100%, but it's still technically red wine, which I feel like was like Anne's experience with the cloisters. <laughs> not quite what she wanted. Technically, yeah, she did come out on top alive. <laughs> True. My other pairing originally was a cigarette. Oh, that's good too. That's really good. <laughs> cigarette and coffee. The cuisine of New Yorkers. All right, let's hear your TV show that you're so excited about. Oh, my TV show? Gossip Girl. All the way. Gossip Girl. Yeah, it's just guy comes in, the New York elite, finds out it's insane. But yes, Gossip Girl, the OG version. I don't even want to think about the most recent. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, I love it. My TV show is one that I have not watched, but I feel like fits, is The Librarians. It's like a history channel. It's a fantasy uh, TV show. And it's about these four people newly recruited by the library. And they kind of have to like protect this library full of really precious materials. They have like a linguist in there. They have a polymath. They have like experts in the architecture, art, art history, you know, all of that. So it's a bunch of just nerds that are brought together to try to like save the world and protect all the precious stuff that lies in this library yeah it's a similar similar vibe all right books books oh other people's clothes i don't know how many times i can say this as my book pairing holy cow i think you're doing abby is reading it in august so keep an eye out for abby's but oh my god it's just such a better of the trope where it's like a naive girl becomes obsessed with the woman with a little bit of is like crazy and they have like a really close connection and wacky things happen this is like the best example of that trope other people's clothes oh my god it's so much better i can't say it enough i can't wait to read it you mean me it's such high praise uh my books i have two so when you've heard us reference it a lot stargazer which is about to the female friendship and one friend gets a little batshit crazy and chaos ensues and you'll just have to listen to our podcast episode to hear all the spoilers because i won't do it here because um we don't got enough time for that so go listen to our episode we will link it in the show notes um and then the other book is verity by colleen hoover and this is the one and only colleen hoover book i've read I don't have a strong desire to read the other like romance romance novels by her, but this one is like a little spooky thriller about a woman who takes over ghostwriting for a another writer who got in a severe accident and is left kind of just in a vegetable state. And so then this main character in Verity is left to finish her book and she stumbles upon these journals written by this author that have very dark writings in it and talks about murders and talks about killings and it's like oh my god and that book has a twist on top of a twist on top of a twist so you may you may hate it if it's done well i can imagine that i would like it i would read it i've never read anything colleen hoover i've only heard horrific things about her books (laughs) 
So, you know, I don't need to. Well, this is the thing. Again, this is a Colleen Hoover book, but it's not Colleen Hoover. It's not like her other romance, sad, take a dagger to your heart type books. Like, Verity is very much like a thriller. Amazing. So, movies. I'm excited about mine. Okay, um, I'm gonna get mine out of the way then, because the only dark academia movie that I've A, ever seen is Harry Potter. I would consider this book closer to YA than anything else, and the best young adult dark academia is the Harry Potter series, so that's mine. Everyone's seen it, so I don't have to go into it if I need to explain the Harry Potter series. Sorry, you're on the wrong podcast. (laughs) Mine is not Dark Academia, but it's called I Care A Lot. It is fabulous. The little one-liner about what it's about is a lesbian con woman who makes a living as a court-appointed guardian, seizing and selling the assets of vulnerable elderly people, including the mother of a dangerous mafia boss. This movie is fantastic. You love to hate this main character, but you kind of, it unveils that she's a little better than you think, but a little worse than you think in a lot of ways. And then the ending is just the biggest what the fuck (laughs) ending. And I thought it was fabulous. Um, Some people have had mixed reviews, but I thought it's just a wild ride. It's a fun movie. You're loving to hate everybody in this movie. That's a good pairing. I have not seen it, but I know of the movie and that's a really good pairing. That's really good. A one that comes up as like a also watch if you google i care a lot is the knives out movies which would be a really good pairing for this as well yeah the character development the like kind of fun especially the first one because it takes in that like mansion which is like cloister-esque yeah there you go on the fly (laughs) well there's our fun short to the point conversation on the cloisters by katie hayes If you're looking for a fun fanfic type read, this one is the one for you. So until next time, cheers. Clink. Well, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked it, please go give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. If you want more book-related content, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. Again, that's at r-w-r-e-a-d-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t at rwreadspodcast on Instagram and TikTok. Until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks all.